All right, everybody. Welcome to uh, the Video Game Archives, the podcast. Uh, Wednesday, October 17th. So, a uh, couple things to talk about over the past week. Uh, not too much today. Um, probably less news and maybe a couple topics to talk about. Um, don't see this being a long podcast. Uh, for you guys on YouTube, hopefully the new camera um, works. It's not the best looking camera, but it at least records for a half an hour straight versus 10 minutes and causing problems with the video. All right, so up first, we have, uh, let's start with Sega. Or not necessarily Sega, but yeah, let's start with Sega. So apparently, the news, a uh, bunch of websites have been uh, talking about how Sega was going to be making a uh, complete remake with updated visuals for Shemu, uh, but they canceled it. Now, I think they should have did that straight off instead of just canceling it and then doing a port of the original games like they just did. Um, it probably would have sold better. And, yeah, they would have charged $60 for it instead of 30 But it probably would have sold better just because it would have looked more up-to-date with today's graphics. And I feel like a lot of gamers don't want to play older games. So if they're trying to bring a new crowd into the, into the uh, Shimu world, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot harder to do that with just a port of an older game. Uh, I think when you do that, you're just catering to the retro fans and maybe not the general audience. So they probably would have been able to entice more people into trying the game if they revamped the visuals, uh, updated the graphics, uh, maybe fixed some um, control style and to, to, to more of today's uh, crowd. Because uh, a lot of people don't like playing the old games because they don't handle like the new games handle. And they don't like to give it time to learn it. For me personally, I don't mind playing an old game. Even if the control style is completely different than today. Because I've always gotten used to playing different types of games. And knowing that they're going to handle differently than like an RPG would. And just learn how to work the mechanics as you play. To me that's part of the experience is when you play a game, you have to learn the world and how to move around the world. Mega Man isn't going to jump like Super Mario, so you have to get used to the way Mega Man jumps versus Super Mario. So why would that be any different than playing an open-world game today versus an open-world game 10 years ago? You just have to get used to the control style. Um, would they have made more money in the long run? Having to spend money to make the game? Maybe? Um, I think it would have definitely got more sales because it would have uh, looked like a current-gen game, or at least similar to a current-gen game. Where Shimu 1 and 2 just looks like, you know, Dreamcast, with, you know, a little bit better uh, resolution or better quality to it, but it doesn't look like a today's game, and I think that hurts, hurts its sales a little bit. So... Yeah, they. Uh, I think they dropped the ball on that one. Some people are saying, "Oh, well, what if they kickstarted uh, a campaign, and that would have helped them crowd the fun?" Uh, maybe. They probably too late to do that now because a lot of people already bought Shimu One and Two, the uh, HD, on this last release. So, are they going to want to buy the game again if they have to kickstarter it? Uh, I probably would if I knew they were actually going to get it done and do it proper. Uh, I still have not played Shimu 1 and 2, the HD, because of all the bad um, things I hear about uh, about the way the bugs and errors in the game and how certain things are a little changed. It kind of threw me off of the game. So I've been waiting for you know a lot of those updates to come out, patches to fix it. And honestly, I almost just think I'm going to just play the game again on Dreamcast and my Xbox just to play the games that way before the number three comes out. Um, just because I don't want to play a game that's buggy in a different way than the old one was. Um, I think it's going to throw off the experience for me, especially because it doesn't really look that much better. Um, my Shamu hooked up to my CRT television looks great. Uh, I can't complain. 
I think, yeah, if you put it on a 50-inch plasma or, you know, flat panel television, it's not going to look too good. But I play those old games on a CRT, and they look awesome. They look just like I remember, where when you hook them up to the big screen, they do not look like you remember. They look pretty, pretty, uh, not bad, but more pixelated. Almost like when you're watching, like, a video stream and the internet starts going out and you see all, like, the boxes pop up. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, they probably should have just went straight for the Kickstarter. Maybe right after Shinmu 3 hit big, Sega probably should have jumped on board and say, hey, we're going to revamp updated graphics to today's vision um, if we can get a Kickstarter goal going. Would they have got a lot out of it? Probably. I mean, I know a lot of people that bought the Shimu 1 and 2. Well, I don't know personally, but I know a lot of the uh, Shimu fans bought a lot of copies. So would they have just rather spent that money on a revamped today's graphics? Probably. Um, I can't speak for all of them, but I would have. I bought two copies of Shimu 1 and 2, so it, uh, that could have went towards a game of, uh, updated graphics, and that probably would have helped more people jump on board to playing it, the casual fans, versus just the, uh, Shimu fans. Um, so I feel like they missed it. Now, could they always turn around and do it again? Maybe. But it might be too late for that. I think we'll just have to settle with what we got and hope that, you know, because they released a PC version, that some modders get to it and completely revamp the game themselves and make it look like the game we want. So um, that's what I'm hoping for. And hopefully that comes someday. All right. Well, so now let's transition to another Sega product. So, it was just announced that uh, a new Sega console is being made from um, Analog. They make uh, the Super NES um, Analog NT. I've never bought anything from them, but this one makes it tempting. So, Sega's looking to release it. Uh, not Sega, but... Uh, Analog is releasing a um, the Mega SG, so it's going to be 1080p, compatible with almost all of the Sega Genesis, Mass, uh, Mega Drive, and Master System games library, and it doesn't do emulation. It handles uh, it handles um, basically it copies the hardware, so it plays it almost like it's a real Sega Genesis, and I think that's, uh, that's important. I don't mind playing my games on emulation, but I'd prefer to play it on hardware because then I know it's playing like it should. Where With emulation, sometimes things flicker, things don't control right, and I don't know to blame the game or the emulator. This way, if I'm playing a game for the first time I've never played before and it's feeling weird, at least I can say, well, this is the game that's doing it, not the emulator that's causing it and then just throw the game to the side now they also said that it'll be compatible with Sega CD it'll have a built-in side where you can pop it right on just like a regular Genesis I think that's awesome and the price that they're looking at it's pretty good I think it's probably worth it uh, they said it's gonna be able to, they're gonna have add-on support which will basically allow you to plug in your um, Game Gear games, the uh, little Hue cards, and uh, Master System games, and the SG-1000, SC-3000. That's awesome. You're basically this one console with some add-ons. It's going to allow you to play almost the whole Sega library before they ditch cartridges. So that's, that's cool. Um, and they're going to have some controller support from 8-bit do which that's awesome as well um they're planning on coming out for april 2019 for 190 dollars that's a great price like to get a sega genesis now you know you might be able to find it in the wild for 20 to 40 dollars depending on the console but you're buying something that's used very old already so if yours breaks 
you're spending forty dollars, thirty dollars to buy another one that you have no idea how long, how much life cycle that console has left, how long, how it's been used or handled. Would you prefer just to spend another hundred and fifty dollars and buy one that is brand new and it'll probably last you a lot longer in the long run? That's my mindset. Whether the new console's built well and will be able to handle a long lifespan, who knows? But it'll probably outlast your Sega Genesis that you bought secondhand. So that's that's kind of my th reason. If if my Sega Genesis goes anytime soon, that might be worth it for me to buy, and then just put mine back on the shelf and. It can be a nice little decoration piece. They're available for pre-order now. Um, and I like the idea of all the adapters. Where if I can have one unit with a couple of adapters and it plays all the Sega library, that right there saves you a lot. You don't have to have both your Sega Master System hooked up. Um, you don't have to have a... Uh, you can play Game Gear on the big screen on hardware. That's pretty cool. I'm excited for that one. You guys should definitely check it out. It's up on their website. And for $190, I don't think that's a bad deal. Not at all. All right, so let's move on away from Sega. And uh, let's move to Sony. So, Sony, apparently. PS4 messages have been uh, finding an exploit to harm your PlayStation 4 system. I have not gone onto my PlayStation 4 since this happened, so I can't say whether I've had those messages. Hopefully not. Uh, but they are rolling out a fix to uh, make sure this doesn't happen. Now I'm pretty sure on my PS4, I don't have no one can send me messages, but people that I'm friends with. Because um, if you know me, you know me out of the online, so probably Facebook, and you'll give me your your uh, friend account from there, and I'll just add you. I don't need random people messaging me about you know anything other than something I don't know. So I don't see why many people have their message system open up like that, but that's a shame. Uh, I would be very angry if that happened to me. Hopefully, uh, Anyone that's had their system uh, crash or anything, the update can fix it without having to send it back. Um, I'd hate to be able to be without my system for a couple weeks while I wait. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Um, it's just a good thing that Sony came out quickly with the update to fix it. Uh, I just just glad that they didn't wait longer to handle it and more people could get affected. All right. So, with Sony, also, with the PS1 Classic being announced and coming out, uh, you know, in a month and a half, just about, you know, people are also coming up with new things for the old PS1 and PS2. This one, I, to me, I don't see the point of it. Um, I don't think it adds that much value to what you already have. So, there's a new adapter that allows you to use HDMI out from your PS1 and PS2. Um, is that important? From the videos that I've been watching from the people, they say, hey, now it allows you to hook it up to your modern day TV. Well, my modern day TV has component. My PS2 outputs in component. It's going to give me the same resolution whether it's HDMI or component. They both handle... 720p 1080i signals so what's the HDMI really getting me other than just taking up an HDMI port that I can't spare I would prefer to use my component port because nothing else is using it I don't know if a lot of TVs now don't come with components either but I like to use my component ports for my last gen consoles because I have a few of them on my TV and it's not taking up HDMI spot. I already don't have enough HDMI spots and have to get an HDMI switch box. So I don't want to take up another one. So for me, if I'm going to spend the 
or whatever the price was on this. Um, yeah, $29.99. And you can plug into your PS1 and PS2. Okay. I guess that's kind of neat, but I play PS1 games on my PS2, which I already have component out. I feel like a lot of people probably already have component cables for their PS2, and they're probably already hooked up to their TV. So why... I don't see the convenience of having to take down your component cables, plug in an HDMI cable, and take up an extra HDMI slot that you could use for something else when you probably already have your PS2 hooked up to your TV. I guess the only benefit that I could see about using the HDMI cable is having it as a spare that if you need to bring your PS2 somewhere with you, you have the HDMI cable and you're more likely to be able to plug it into a TV that you go. Because they could be a lot of newer TVs or smaller TVs that now only have HDMI. And I could see that as a benefit about bringing it with you and knowing that, hey, I know the TV will at least have HDMI. So as a spare cable, I could see that. But to buy it as, if you're not someone that's going to bring their PS2 with you, you probably already have it plugged in, hooked up to your HDTV through component. No need to upgrade. So, I don't know. I feel like this is for an even smaller group of people than just making a cable for PS2. Because how big, how big of a group of people are there that still have their PS2 and they want to hook up to their TV? That's probably a small group. And now you're taking it to an even smaller group that, hey... Here's a cable to put HDMI. Why don't you unplug the cable, the component cable you probably already own, and hook this up? It doesn't really add any benefit, because um, your PS One and Two don't doesn't output 1080p or 4K, so your component cable is going to handle the highest quality video it can handle. So yeah, it's it's probably just another company trying to make a little bit more money off of something you might you probably don't need. All right, so that's that's it with the cables. Let's move on to uh, something else. All right, let's go with um, Project Stream. So I signed up for Project Stream to try to get on there so I could play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I didn't want to buy Assassin's Creed when it came out for the price, and then I saw Google is doing this. So I figured, hey, it kills two birds with one stone. I can try streaming online, um, and I get to play the game I want to play. Now, I don't have the fastest internet. My PC is not a gaming PC, so I don't really buy high-end games for my PC. So this was kind of like a nice test for me to be able to play PC games sometimes. So I don't have the fastest internet, so I can't be having anybody do anything while I'm playing. But... I got it hooked up. I had to go direct connect with the Ethernet cable, and it worked. Now, it looks great. It freezes here and there real quick or gets a little jittery, a little pixelated, but it worked. I was able to play Assassin's Creed. Um, I had fun playing it. It would crash every once in a while. Not crash, but it would exit me out every once in a while because my Internet speed would drop low. Um, I think I have the bare minimum speed that they want. So, that's unfortunate for me, but I do have the lowest internet speed that uh, my cable company provides. So, for a lot of people, they probably have the standard speed, which is a lot faster than mine, so they shouldn't have a problem with this. But I have right around the 15 um, megabytes that they, uh, 15 megabytes, yeah, 15 megabytes <laughs> that they ask for. Um, so I'm meeting their needs just perfectly where most people probably have the fine speed so they're not going to have the jittery or the pixelated or being exited out but even when I exit out you can click play again it pops right back in load up the save uh, they do quick saves all the time you can save as often as you want so I didn't find an issue where I lost anything the game was awesome um, I enjoyed running around exploring and the service was working great. I had my Xbox 360 controller hooked right up to the, uh, right up to my computer, played it that way, and it worked awesome. I didn't feel any lag. If it, if there's a lag, it was very minimal. Uh, it wasn't enough to 
to ruin my experience of the game. Uh, it was great climbing. I've only played one Assassin's Creed before. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 for the Wii U. And I didn't play it for very long. I think I played like a couple hours and then I kind of got bored. So I'm not really familiar with the Assassin's Creed world or games or anything. Uh, I just wanted to play this one because I love Ancient Greek. Um, I love its mythology, the world. So I wanted to play this game and see how they crafted that in a game. It looked wonderful. It starts off great. Um, just seeing the way they brought the world to life. It was awesome. Uh, and it handled well. And the fact that you could play it right on your computer through your browser, it's a great thing. Uh, I Hopefully Google keeps going um, with it, upgrading it, making it better. And I'm not sure what their future pricing plans are going to be for it, whether it's a service by monthly, buy your games outright. Um, I hope it's not buying your games outright. I don't like to buy downloadable games, especially ones that you have to stream. So hopefully it's a more of a um, just a monthly service, 10 bucks a month. You get a bunch of games, and it works that way. Now, I don't, how that would work for publishers, who knows? So it's probably going to be more like they're going to try to compete with like Steam and sell the game outright, and then it gets streamed to you. Maybe for a cheaper price, you can only stream it for a month or so often. Uh, I don't know. I think that'd be fine. If you said, you know, you can pay $10, $15 for this game, but you only get to play it for a month, I'd stream it for a month and play it. I mean, it's not going to take you a month to beat the game, especially if you really like it and you pay for it when you want to play it so you should know ahead of time how long if you have a good schedule to play a game that's that long uh but yeah you guys definitely try it out i don't know if they're still uh doing open invitations uh i just went to their website project stream signed up and a couple days later i about a week later i got the email saying i was good to go and i just logged in real quick signed up to ubisoft and i was ready to play it's pretty painless um yeah so it was a good service. You guys should definitely look into it if you haven't. All right, next up. Let's go over the game releases for the month. Now, uh, I forgot to do this in the last podcast. I just kind of like looking at the releases this way because, you know, it kind of like, kind of lets you know it's coming out. Especially for me. It gives me a reason to look at the games I normally wouldn't look at and to talk about them. So... The next big game to come out is October 26th, Red Dead Redemption 2, Xbox One and PS4. I really want to play this game, but I've never played the first one, and I'm kind of a person that likes to play the first one, especially if I heard good things about the first one. So I'm kind of in a nice boat because I have the first one now, um, so I can start playing it, and by the time I get done, you know, maybe Red Dead Redemption's on sale for Black Friday or Christmas. So obviously I won't be buying it, day one but this game looks awesome and i'm excited for it to come out i don't really care if people give reviews and say it's bad this that or the other thing unless it's completely broken and if you walk into a horse and the game crashes i'm probably going to have fun playing it it just looks fun uh some of these big games i just like to explore to see what's the next on the next mountain range next you know forest just go all over the place for this week, though, for, you know, not the big releases, but Siberia 3 coming out for the Switch. Uh, I feel that game comes out for every console, and everyone probably already owns it. Dark, Dark Souls. Dark Soul Remaster for the Switch. That one, I can't wait. Um, I've never played Dark Souls, so I'll probably end up picking it for my Switch. Not on release, but... I'm definitely going to put it in my wish list, and whenever you know it goes on sale on my wish list, pick it right up. Soul Calibur 6. I love Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast. It had a great story mode, great multiplayer, and I fell off after 2 because when I played the third one, I didn't like it. It didn't feel like 2 to me. And I know games should evolve, and they shouldn't feel like the old one. They should bring new things to the table, but they should still... Do it in a way that, you know, you don't feel like you're playing a completely different game. To me, it didn't really have the story mode that I wanted. Uh, and then I just stopped 
looking into the game altogether. Uh, now with six coming out, it looks good. It's been long enough to where I feel like I can give the game franchise a second chance. Uh, also, we have, it came out yesterday, Lego DC Super Villains. Um, I like the Lego games, but they can kind of get overdone if you play too many in a row. So, you know, if you just recently beat a Lego game, probably want to wait a little bit before you play another one. If it's been a while since you've tried the Lego series, uh, I think the Super Villain game looks good. Uh, let's see. Well, that's it for the week. So there's Starlink Battle for Atlas, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And if you get it for the Switch, you get a little Star Fox in that game. Now, I've never been a big fan of the Star Fox games. I didn't really get to play them as a kid. Uh, I do remember having a magazine and it showed Star Fox, and I really wanted that game. Uh, I never got it for the Super Nintendo. Um, I remember looking at the magazine all the time, wishing I could get that game, and never got it. Uh, now they have a classic. I play the game a little bit, and I like it. Now having a game that kind of looks like an updated version to it looks cool, and I can't wait to see how it, how it plays out. All right, so that's, that's it for this week. Uh, there is some more games coming out next week with Red Dead Redemption, but we'll talk about that in next week's podcast. Okay, so uh, let's move on to our next section. Let's go with Nintendo Switch now. So we have Nintendo's releasing a new theme bundle with Blizzard. I that's that's great in my mind. So Diablo 3 is having a theme version of the system and it comes with the game. Now this one actually looks like a cool themed one. You know, they've been other bundles in the past, but you know, you get the same console, same dock, just in a box that has the picture of the game on it. Now this one Kind of like the uh, Pokemon Let's Go has, you know, designed on the dock, designed on the back of the console. It's an M-rated game on a Nintendo console that's bundled with it. Now, that to me is a big deal. You know, Nintendo actually bundling a console with an M-rated game from a company they've never really worked with before for their first game. That's awesome. Now, it is a digital game. You know, it's not a physical that bothers me. Um, I probably wouldn't pick up the console that way. Uh, but if you've never had a Switch and you like Diablo, you know, that's probably a good move. You know, it's going to be 360. Comes with the game. Comes with a carrying case. So you do get a little bit more with it. And the dock looks great. It's definitely cool. Now, I wish they'd sell these docks separately, too. So, like, you know how they sell remote controls themed or, you know, designed after certain games? I think Nintendo should start selling docks like that. Um, you know, their docks expensive. It's like $80 right now. But it'd be nice if they sold, like, custom portable docks that are themed, you know, for maybe $30 a piece. Because I'd see someone buying three or four of them. You know, put, like, a Zelda-themed one in their bedroom. Put a, you know... Pokemon themed one or Mario themed one in their, you know, living room, den, basement, you know, wherever anyone has a television. I mean, me personally, I'd put one in my kitchen, not my kitchen, my bedroom, my basement, my living room. That's three right there with the regular dock. So, I mean, I could see some people want even more and then they could have it as a portable dock, just bring it with you. I think Nintendo's missing out right there. I know, you know, Back on the GameCube day and the N64, they would release consoles in different colors. Well, maybe you don't need to release the consoles in different colors. You know, you're doing different colored Joy-Cons. Maybe they should do different colored docks. I'm sure that they must be to the point where they can release a $40 dock, not a $80 dock like they have right now. So that'd be kind of cool if they did something like that. Um, I would probably pick up one that way. Instead of buying a whole new system... It's just more way for them to make money. So I think uh, Nintendo, if you're watching, which, or listening, you know, the large group of people that follow me, probably Nintendo is listening. So, get on it, Nintendo. All right. Speaking of M-rated games, PlayStation has told a game that they don't want a version on it to have an intimacy mode. 
Um, so the developer, Xseed Games, had to remove Intimacy from their PS4 version of... I'm going to butcher this name, guys. So, uh, yeah. Sinren Kagura Burst Renewal. That's the best you're going to get from me. So, um, they're postponing the game because they need to remove the content because PlayStation doesn't want it. It's really weird because I feel like PlayStation, the Vita, the PS4 in the past have not cared what you put on their console at all. So for them to be like, hey, take this out must mean it's a pretty bad mode, maybe? I don't know. I've never played the game. Uh, but they did say on the Steam version, it's still going to be there. Which, isn't that what we have Raidens for anyways? If the game is too, you know, mature or material you don't like, can't you just give it a different Raiden? Or, yeah, just give it a different Raiden. That's what it's for. I mean, if the movie industry can release movies that are G, PG, PG-13, R, X, you know, what stops a video game from doing the same thing? Um, that's the that's the biggest problem I have with this. You know, if the game got rated in the United States and the rating is an adult only, all right, PS4, why can't you have the game on your console? It got a rating. It's strictly telling you, no, it's not for kids. Okay. Now, if the game couldn't pass the rating board, then yeah, all right, we're not going to put you on our console. But I think Sony is doing the wrong yet again i haven't played this game or the mode or looked into the trailer so i don't know if it's really that bad or if the context is horrible but if it's already been reviewed and has a review then they saw it as that's what the game is then you shouldn't have any problem especially since the pc version is going to have it on there um i bet you and i'm Another year, PS4, there'll be a game that's probably worse than this and let it on. Sony just does weird things like that. So, I guess really where it's at, should platformers ban games from their consoles if it passed the rating board without saying it's... Like, if it's not... If the rating board says it's not AO, because I can see where you don't want AO available in your, in your game, um... But if it says it's just, you know, M for Mature, then what makes it worse than any other M game that you've played? Just because it's a, it may be a more intimate uh, interaction versus a game where you kill or blow up people? Uh, so, I don't know, I guess they're drawing lines at these weird borders. Um, if anything, say, hey, you know... We don't want anyone to be able to get their hands on the game too easily, so you can't release physical editions of the game in-store. You know, if you want it physically for the PS4, you have to buy it on, you know, Xseed's own website, or it can only be sold online, so that way kids don't just pick it up in the store, maybe. Or make it so that, you know, if you want this mode in, you can only um, buy it from the PlayStation Store and verify that you're an 18 or older user something along that lines so i think there's other options than just telling a developer hey we don't like the way your game is made change it i mean you like games where you can blow up people assassinate people um so i think they're making a um weird line in the sand all right let's move on so that is it for the news our topics of the week let's go with topics of the week well, not topics of the week. So that, that that was basically this section of the podcast was, you know, things over the past week that's been popping up on video game websites that, you know, were the things that I like to check out. Uh, there's obviously there's all kinds of stuff popping up on, you know, any of these video game websites. But, you know, I don't scroll into every single one. I scroll into things that draw my attention. Um, just like you, when you guys go to a website, you probably only click on the certain articles that you like. So those are the articles I like for the week. Um... So now we're going to go on a topic. Uh, I forget where I got this from, but I was uh, watching some old YouTube videos. I forget which one. But they were talking about, you know, our 
resellers bad for video games collectors bad for video games youtube videos raising prices of video games this that and everything um so yeah let's talk about that i have a couple thoughts and opinions um my own personal views on it yes let's start off with the first thing uh youtube youtube uh channels raising the price of video games uh yeah i guess you know that's probably true because they're making more people aware of these games that they didn't know about before but at the same time everything goes up in price over time anything old gets some value for certain amounts of time and is that a bad thing now a lot of people say you know 10 years ago they could buy you know a bundle of video games and a console for like $20 and they'd be tons of games and some of those games were worth way more than that online but as more people get into it and video game collecting and reselling those prices started going up now things go up in price anyways because of inflation yeah it's probably way past inflation but you know the games were going to cost more as time went on a as things get older people just inherently add value to things and think oh it's old so it must be worth something it doesn't necessarily mean it's true but a lot of people think just because something is old it has to be worth something now yeah that stinks because you can't buy video games cheap anymore but how many people buy every video game they see at a yard sale and keep all those video games probably not a lot some of them probably only want a certain amount of them but they were so cheap they bought them all anyways and then they're just going to turn around and get rid of them. Well, back in the day, you bought a video game for cheap. It was probably only worth, you know, 5 or $10 more than what you paid for it. Maybe not even that much. So if you turned around and sell it, you probably weren't getting that much more from than what you paid for it. So, yes, games cost more to buy today. And, yes, they may be close to their retail value or maybe even more. But some games you buy that you, you, you know what you're buying and you know when it's a good deal. If you're getting a good deal on it, the value of the game is more than the value of the game used to be. So yes, you're spending more to buy it, but if you need, if you need to turn around and get rid of it, you're getting rid of it at a higher price than you would have got rid of it back then. Yes, if you would have bought it back then and held on to it today, the value would have been a lot more. But... The odds are you bought the games you wanted, a couple you didn't want, you got rid of, and you didn't get rid of for a $100 game. It was probably like a $20 game, but you spent 5 bucks on it. Today, if you get lucky in a, in a um, fine, you probably spent $20 on a game, and maybe it's worth 40 or $50. You turn around and sell it for that. So yeah, I mean, I guess the margin of the game is a lot lower now, but you're you're buying the games to play so it's up to you to decide whether it's worth it to you and yet again it's not like you're overpaying for the game in some cases you probably are but it's not like you're paying thirty dollars for a game that you would have bought ten years ago for five bucks and then have to sell it for five dollars now you can turn around and sell it for the same price that you got it for so it, you're not really losing your money if you end up needing to get rid of it it's not like you're overpaying for the game the game is worth what the game is selling for and if you know it's a $30 game you're paying 20 but 10 years ago you could have paid $5 for the game and it was worth 10 15 then you know it's it's kind of the same it's just now you have to spend a little bit more on your hobby to get a tons of games but you're not losing your money you can turn around and sell it and get it right back so I don't see a problem with the prices going up it just means you can't buy a lot at once for a really good price. You have to buy a few here and there for a higher value. But the games are worth the higher value, so you can just turn around and get rid of them if you need to. The other thing is people don't like resellers. Now, that's weird because almost every video game player resells their video games at some point. Whether that's trading it in um, selling to a friend, selling at a convention, selling on eBay, selling to a game store, um, 
everyone sell, resells their games. Now, yes, you have those resellers that are trying to charge you $30 for a game that goes for $15 on eBay. Now, that that's a problem. But you just don't buy from them. You look for the deal. I guess people complain now because 10 years ago you could have bought a video game at a yard sale and you could have got 20 for $10, $15. But they were also not how many of them were worth anything then. They're worth something now, but you know you can't complain about that. In today's world, you buy 50 or 60 games. I mean, 50 or 60 dollars gets you like four or five games. But if you're buying from the right place and you know your games, you probably have like a hundred dollars values worth of the games. So you can turn around and sell a few. And that's where I'm going with the reseller. Everyone that buys video games resells their video games. You don't buy a whole lot of video games. You're like, oh, you know, I already have five copies of Super Mario, but I don't want to resell it. Okay, well, you don't need five copies of Super Mario either. So what are you going to do? You're going to resell it. You bought it in the first place, and you knew it's worth... You bought it for less than what it's worth. So you can still turn around and sell it and make some money back to go towards the next game. So yes, video game prices are up, but so is the value of them too. So you can buy them and sell them to keep adding to your collection. So like all the video games that I buy, not all of them I'm going to keep. I got them for a good deal. And, you know, they only may be worth a couple dollars more than what I paid for them. But there was part of a bundle. I had to buy them like that. But I can turn around and make my money back. Now, a reseller that tries to sell every single game for $15, $20 when they've left it in the rain, they left it in the sun, and they still expect full value. Now, that that's the type of reseller that I don't like. Uh, they should know what they have and know that would you buy something that was wet and destroyed for full value? No, you wouldn't, so you shouldn't sell it at full value. That, that's different. Um, but yet again, I think resellers, collectors, um, the, popu the popularity of collecting video games is a good thing for video games. I think it's probably the best thing that could have happened because we were getting to the point where games got to a certain age and people want to get rid of them. And... People didn't know the value of these things. That's why they were so cheap. They just wanted to get rid of them. But how many people got rid of them through a yard sale, through a flea market, or threw them in the trash? Now, my Sega Masters collection, um, I got when I was probably 10 or 12 years old. And I just say that started me on wanting to play retro games. Uh, not retro games, but uh, other consoles that I never owned. My dad got it in the trash. He worked for the city dump in a small town, and he was going by the trash cans, picking them up, and there was a box of a Sega Master System with the glasses, the uh, adapter to the glasses, the whole console, and 17 games, all boxed in a trash can, just sitting in a box. Brought it home, gave it to me. I was like, wow, this is awesome. The only thing wrong with it, the RF adapter was a little loose. Someone tried soldering it and it didn't work. But if you moved it just the right way, it'd go on. So I just opened it, not opened it up, but I took some electrical tape, got it into the position I needed to do, tape it up real nice, plugged it in, it worked. Now, this was probably when I was about 13 years old, so mid to late 90s. And I never heard of a Sega Master System before that. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Had to play. And that got me into wanting to play video games. Now, I've never been a collector. I would just buy video games if I saw something that I thought I would like to play. Um, so a lot of my games in, that I have are just random games that I randomly run into since I was a kid, just buying them and playing them. So that makes you think, if, someone, if one person in a small town threw them in the trash, what's the odds that a lot of people threw their video games in the trash when they thought they weren't of value anymore? Um, I, had an, I had an aunt who just got rid of a whole box of video games that she cleared out of someone's house because she had them in her house and she didn't know what to do with them, so she threw them out because she didn't think they was worth anything. That's 2018. Crazy. 
I was like, wow, I wish I would have asked you about a month ago before you got rid of that. And that gets me the reason why resellers, collectors, and YouTube is good for video games. Because, yes, it's raising the price of video games, but at the same time, it's making everyone aware of how valuable they are. Which also means that more people know they are of value. Which puts us in the boat that they get saved. Now, if no one thought they were valuable anymore, then how many of these games over the past 10 years that have been going up in prices or um, more people playing would have actually been around to buy? As resellers picked them up because they knew they were valuable. If people didn't pick them up at a yard sale, they'd throw them in the trash. Every time I look at yard sale um, on Craigslist, at the end of the day, free or going to the dump. Come pick up a side of the road. All right. So if they didn't buy the video games, you're telling me they'd be in the trash or the dump? So that'd be a problem. How many games that people have on the shelves would not be around anymore if people weren't aware of them? So it's good that we have video game resellers, collectors, making the general public aware of how expensive these games can be because everyone thinks, oh, this could be one of those expensive games. And they keep it to sell it versus thrown in the trash we could have so many games lost in the trash and gone forever if people didn't start realizing that they were valuable so we're at the time where you know a 30 year old game is really important that we have the knowledge to the general public that these games are worth something please don't get rid of them yes the prices are going up on them but imagine how much these prices would have gone up if half the supply was wiped away in the trash because the past 10 years no one knew about video games now people people did know about them starting to go up in price resellers are raising them up and the past 10 years people have been keeping the video games they've been selling them they're not been getting rid of them um i bet you there's still some people that throw them out like my aunt there's no way that's a one fraction of a percent of the general public there must be tons of more people that do that and that's unfortunate so we're losing games imagine how many good expensive rare fun you know unheard of games have gone to the trash but enough people are reselling them now that yes they're going up in prices but they're being saved these resellers may be trying to overprice them but at least they're saving them Yes, some are making them get wet and ruining the covers and getting some damage, but the game is still there. So at least that part of it is there. So I don't like overplaying for games, and I won't, but at least they're still there. So basically, that's that's my opinion on um, resellers, collectors. They've helped, not hurt. Yes, they've price the games out of reach for certain people but at least they've been saving the games for all so that way you know when a collector can get the game or a reseller realizes he can't sell the game for the price he'll finally lower it you know people are going to have the game where before the trash would have had the game all right so that's 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 it on my my uh, opinion on that you know i think that's going to close out the uh the podcast for today all right guys uh thank you for listening on podcast you can find me on podcast.com uh itunes under video game archives the podcast uh you can find me on youtube with uh the video game archives and i do top 10 videos topic videos i put my podcast on there as well and you can find me on facebook at video game archives and twitter at video game archives uh so yeah don't forget to uh, like this video, share it, and hit that bell, and check out my other video, guys, and listen to me on my podcast and iTunes. All right, guys, thank you. Have a good night. Keep on gaming, and see you next time.